Here we are today, third Sunday of Advent. Not sure how your, your, your days have been going. Maybe this week flew by for you. <laughs> Who knows? For us, we're, 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 we have one more child at home now. We were able to pick up Brianna last night from the airport. And that was fun seeing her and talk with her a little bit last night. And uh, I trust that your gatherings, when, when family gathers together, will be a joyful time as well. There might be some situations where you're, you're thinking, oh no, so-and-so is going to be there. What am I going to say or do or how am I going to act? And Well, pray, pray about it right now. Pray about it before it happens and so that God will give you the demeanor, the, the character, the, maybe the words to say as well too, if you want to pray that way, but just your outward actions will convey His love to those people around you. And as we gather together with family, I trust that it will be a wonderful time together. We're going to continue in our, our series uh, today in Keeping Christ in Christmas. And we're going to look at how we can love like Christ. Love. Now, love. There's a word. Love. Love is a word that is quite overused. <laughs> we love a lot of things. We love our football, right? Whether it's college or NFL or whatever it is, or if it's European football. We love our football. We love our cars. We love our houses. We love our kids. We love our freedom. We love our, our guns, <laughs> we love our dogs, and we even love our cats. We love chocolate, we love steaks and pizza. We really do love a lot of things. And there have been over 75 movies that have love in the title. That's not counting all the romance movies from the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> that number would be much higher if we concluded those. <clears throat> But there have been countless songs that have love as their subject. In fact, we love so much that there are over a hundred songs that, are, that were number one hits that had the word love in the title. Back in 1956, Elvis wanted people to love me tender. And then a few years later, he sang that he can't help falling in love. Even though he couldn't help falling in love, some obviously could, could because there were some who had lost that love and feeling, according to the Righteous Brothers. The Supremes wanted people to stop in the name of love, while the Beatles told us that all you need is love. And a few years later, while the Partridge family sang, I think I love you, Olivia Newton-John could say, I honestly love you. And in 1975, the Eagles were willing to give the best of my love, and Captain and Tennille told us that love will keep us together. By 1976, Paul McCartney was decrying all the silly love songs, but REO Speedwagon vowed in 1981 to keep on loving you. In fact, it was the only thing they wanted to do. Lionel Richie and Diana Ross knew that they would keep on loving because they sang about their endless love in 1981. And while Tina Turner wanted to know what's love got to do with it in 1984. In 1985, Whitney Houston was saving all my love for you. 
even as foreigners said, I want to know what love is. <laughs> love. When it's, when it's so overused, it tends to get watered down so that we don't really know what love is. Maybe you've never consciously wondered that, but as we talk about it, it does strike a chord with you. You want to know what love is. Well, as, as we continue in our series, like I mentioned, talking about keeping Christ in Christmas, it's vital that we know what love is as defined by God, and it's absolutely crucial that we learn to love like Christ. And to love like Jesus, it's essential that we are worshiping Jesus, like we spoke of a few weeks ago, and that we are spending time in the presence of people, because real love requires that we are loving real people. So how does Jesus love, and how are we to love? A couple questions I trust that we'll be able to answer today, and when you leave from here, you will have that answer as well. <clears throat> so turn with me, 1 John Chapter 3, verse 16, we'll look at verse 16 through 18. And it's not, uh, not John uh, 3.16, don't get that confused. <laughs> First John. It's interesting that both John 3.16 and 1 John 3.16 both talk about God's love for us, though. Kind of interesting. But here in 1 John 3.16, the Apostle John was, uh, has a response to, <laughs> to foreigners' question or or. Uh, request, I want to know what love is. <clears throat> in 1 John chapter 3, starting with verse 16, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. So this scripture that we just read starts out by telling us what love is, by showing us God's love for us. We see that God's love for us is sacrificial. God's love for us is sacrificial. 1 John 3.16 said, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. So God sacrificed His life for us. The purpose of Christmas was for Jesus to come into this world so He could become a man and lay down His life for us. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 17. Since the children have flesh and blood, He too shared in the humanity, so that by His death He might destroy him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And verse 17, for this reason we had to, He had to be made like His brothers in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. So God's love for us caused him to sacrifice his glory in heaven, to be born as a baby into this dark and cold world, so that he could sacrifice his life for ours. So consider his sacrifice for a moment. Don't know if you've ever really contemplated the greatness of God's sacrifice for us. And maybe at Christmas time, you just want to think about a cuddly little baby who is cute and adorable in that manger. And when we do that, we miss out on realizing the fullness of the sacrifice that was made for us because 
Being a baby in the suburbs in America is not too bad. Being a baby in most other parts of the world, especially at that time, was not an easy life. And it would be a lot harder if you had already experienced complete perfection of living. Think about, think about the small, insignificant things in your own life that make your life better. And when you have to do without even these little things, it seems a sacrifice. About a week ago or so, a couple weeks ago, our water heater went out. And so we had to replace that. But we couldn't get it replaced right away. It took about four days. And it was over the Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> and so we were without hot water. But we had cold water. Not many people took a shower. <laughs> no, no, no. Although Maddie, she did a great, she said, oh, it reminds me of being back in Africa. And <laughs> she grabbed some water and she went at it. But uh, Becky and I were like, yeah, we'll wait. <laughs> Put on more deodorant. Anyway, the, the simple, just simple task of having hot water, the simple pleasure of that. And when it's gone, it's like, oh, we'll sacrifice. Take the cold shower, I guess. You could live perfectly fine without a cell phone. Did you know that? Some of you are aware of that because you have. Me being one of them, remember not having a cell phone and having to memorize everyone's phone number. <laughs> it was tough to do that. <clears throat> a little out of practice these days. Now imagine, though, not having your cell phone these days. What would you do about that? It, it, it might be difficult. What if by doing without our cell phone meant life, life for someone else? I'm sure many, if not all of us, would do it to save the life of another person. But I bet we would view it as a sacrifice. We often view inconveniences as sacrifices. I'm not sure that we will ever be able to get our heads wrapped around the sacrifice that Christ made for us so we could have that opportunity for life. It's a difficult thing to grasp. But Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8 helps us a little bit. Who being in very nature God, talking about Jesus, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. To give up everything, the glory of heaven, the perfect union with the Father and the Spirit, to take on flesh and voluntarily subject yourself to the limiting nature of flesh, even while knowing the glory you experienced with the Father. All these things given up. Jesus understands sacrifice in a way that we never will. And He did that because He loves us. For us to make a sacrifice like that would be more along the lines of us being extremely wealthy and foregoing all of our wealth to trade places with someone who was guilty on death row. He goes free, we enter death row where we await our appointed time of death, all for someone who is guilty. That's what God did, what He did for us. Because He loves us. And because God loved us sacrificially, John tells us about it. 
He tells us that our love for others should be sacrificial. Our love for others should be sacrificial. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, second part of that. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Wow. Given the sacrifice that the Lord made for us, this could look pretty radical. <laughs> pretty radical. Now, while John doesn't tell us to trade places with the guilty, John does describe a couple of ways that our love should be sacrificial. In light of the sacrifice that has been made for us, you would think any other sacrifice would be easy. But he challenges us to be sacrificial in a couple of areas that can be quite challenging for us. First, he says, we need to be sacrificial with our currency. <clears throat> we need to be sacrificial with our currency. Verse 17, if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Money is one of those things that can truly show where our heart is because money can purchase many of the other things we like. Ultimately, what money represents for us is a level, a, a, really a level of freedom. If we have money, we are free to make choices in how we spend it. If we have money, we are free to go on a vacation wherever we want. When we sacrifice our money, we are really sacrificing our freedom. And when we are willing to do that for another person, we are showing them love. There should be a gut check for us. If we are truly going to keep Christ in Christmas, we have got to recognize that we can be taken captive by the same materialistic desires of the world. Remember that video I showed a couple weeks ago? Black Friday. They were all over the place. Grabbing and getting and everything like that. We can be captive in that same kind of materialistic ways and desires of the world. And we have to take steps to overcome those tendencies. Tendencies. We can, we can be sucked into that. And one of the best ways to overcome the tendency to fall into a materialistic trap and then to be able to rely on the Lord instead of ourselves is to be sacrificial with our currency, our money. Happy Valley has a fund called Special Needs an opportunity to be able to help those who are in need in those special moments. There are, of course, regulations to how that is um, distributed, as well as uh, um, we have a special needs committee that oversees that, prays about the needs that come in, and if it's something that we can help out with, then that happens. But there's a fund, and when that fund is low, then we aren't able to help a lot with people within our church family, as well as those who might call us and be able to assist them in some way. Giving to that fund might be a sacrifice for you. Are you willing to love sacrificially with your currency, your money, to help those in need? And that's just one example. You probably have other ways that you have done that, maybe during this time of year where giving becomes kind of a thing. And you may, might think of it a little bit more as Salvation Army has that red kettle out and the bell ringing. 
Well, John not only tells us that we need to be sacrificial with our currency, but he also says we need to be sacrificial in our conduct. In our conduct. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Our actions, the things we do, speak love to others. As we saw at the beginning of this message, we are good at throwing around the word love. <laughs> we love a lot of things, but our words need to be backed up with our conduct. So how does our conduct speak love? What are the sacrifices other than financial that we can make to love others? Well, there's a familiar portion of Scripture you probably have read over before. The great love chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul gives some very practical ways to love sacrificially in our conduct. Let me read that portion of Scripture of verses 4 through 8 to you. And I want to highlight a couple things from that. 1 Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. I'm not going to talk about each of these things that we see here. That would take another whole gigantic message and another Sunday. But I want to highlight a couple and show how he loves us like this so we see why we should love like this. First of all, Paul tells us that love is patient. Love is patient. God is patient with us. <laughs> Let's just go through, your, go through this last week. How many times do you think God was patient with you? <laughs> and maybe your actions or your words or your devotion to Him. How patient He is with us. 2 Peter Chapter 3, verse 9 tells us that the Lord hasn't come back yet because He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Are you patient with people? People can be very frustrating sometimes, especially maybe during this time of year where everyone's rushing around trying to get things done. Christmas season, got to get the gifts and everything else. Love calls us to sometimes sacrifice our timetable and to be patient with people, especially those who may be less mature than yourself. Love others sacrificially and conduct yourselves with patience. Paul also says that love is kind. Love is kind. You might think, okay, that isn't so hard. I'm, I'm a pretty kind person. I think I'm, I'm doing that. Are you? Are you kind like the Lord is? Because Luke chapter 6, verse 35, says He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Matthew chapter 5 also tells us, starting with verse 43, Jesus teaching here, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. 
If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. We need to love through kindness to those who are per- maybe, maybe ungrateful and, and those you disagree with. <laughs> Have you disagreed with anybody lately? And at times, maybe praying for them and being a blessing to them. Sacrifice your desire to get justice and leave it in the hands of the Lord. And instead, be kind to those who don't deserve it. (laughs) It just says the Lord has been kind to you. Guys, you didn't deserve it, and I didn't deserve it either. Paul says that love keeps no record of wrongs. The Lord doesn't keep a record of our wrongs in regards to our salvation. In Psalm 103, verse 12, says that as far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. This is, this is a real struggle, isn't it? If only we could retain important information as easily as we can retain the wrongs that have been done to us. Man, we would never have to study for a final or look up an address, or struggle at remembering someone's name again. Sometimes we can remember those wrongs that have been done to us, and we can't forget them. These are areas of sacrifice, because, let's be honest, our nature doesn't want to be patient. We don't. We want what we want now. We're not looking to be kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. In fact, (laughs) we would rather be wicked to the wicked or at least rejoice at their misfortune rather than be kind to them. When was the last time you saw, driving down the highway, someone cut you off and then you go, oh, bless the Lord. I hope he gets... (laughs) You're probably saying, I hope someone cuts him off and shows him a thing or two. Stuff like that. And in my nature, I want you... I want you to pay for all the ways you have wronged me. So you better believe I'm keeping a record, right? Just keeping that record there. and I'll, Even if I tried not to keep that record, it just seems to come back up again. Hard not to keep a record of those wrongs. So the question is, how do we love people in these sacrificial ways if it's against our nature? How are we going to do that? Well, to love sacrificially requires a new nature. You can't do it with the old nature. Let me explain. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 8, John tells us that the ability to love in this way comes from God. Verses 7 and 8. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not, love, does not know God, because God is love. So this love that is being spoken of is what you probably have heard before as agape love, a committed love. It's a love that acts when there isn't feeling behind it. It's easy for us to do things when our emotions are leading us in that same direction. We're able to love when our emotions are heading that way. But when our emotions are heading in the way of, oh, I can't stand that person, but we need to love, that's when agape love comes in. Helps us 
when our emotions are leading us in the other direction. <laughs> our heart breaks for those in poor circumstances, and we make contributions to help. But to love in the way that John is talking about, with agape love, with a love that acts when we don't want to, requires that we know God. Not just know about Him, but we need to know Him. We need to be in relationship with God. We enter that relationship by receiving Jesus Christ as our Savior. That's when we receive the Spirit of God to indwell us and to help us to grow in our capacity to love with God's kind of love. We try to love on our own. It might work for a little bit, but it's not going to last. We love with God's love. That's where things get to be eternal. <laughs> That's where things get better. That's because we have received a new nature, a nature we didn't have before. See, we were born into this world with a corrupted nature. It was com corrupted by sin that entered when Adam and Eve disobeyed. We need to be born again, born in a spiritual sense to receive this new nature. Paul tells us all about it in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. It's through this new nature, this divine nature, that we can live and love in a way that is godly. Listen to what Peter says about God's power to help us live in His nature. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him, who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. To be able to live a life that loves all and is expressive of God's nature, you need to have that nature within you. Now, this new nature is something that grows in us as we walk with the Lord in obedience. We don't receive Christ as Savior and then the next day are able to completely love, love like the Lord does. It takes some time. It takes us to live in that. It takes us to realize what has been done for us, we need to do for others. I mean, if we, if we did, if we were able to completely love like the Lord does once we were saved, then Paul and the other apostles would never have to write the church to, to love one another because it would be happening. If we need to be growing, if, if we need to be living that life of love, we need that relationship with Christ and grow in that relationship as He teaches us all along the way. We need to be growing in our ability to love by walking closely with the Lord in obedience to His leading. That's why it's so important that as you receive Christ as your Savior, you're not done yet. You need to walk step in step with the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit guides you into all truth as He reveals light to you the truth of Scripture, then we need to walk in obedience with that. As the Lord leads you in your devotional time and you are struck with a passage from God's Word or, or the Holy Spirit brings to, you, to your attention some things that might need to be 
given over to God? An attitude? Some kind of uh, uh, saying that you had with some people and you wish you had those words back? But Holy Spirit will help you through all of that to help you walk in obedience. We just need to trust that He will and we need to walk with Him when we have those moments and He says, yes, you need to do it, we do it. We say yes. He says no, then we don't. It's just walking in obedience with what God has for us through His Word and through other godly people around us that can help us in that relationship that we call Christianity. Relationship with Christ. Jesus' followers. In fact, this side of heaven, we will never be able to love like the Lord completely. But that's what we are striving to. We're striving towards that. We should be loving more all the time as we walk with the Lord and learn from those moments that we didn't love like we should have. Go back and go, okay, <laughs> confess to God, ask for forgiveness, ask maybe even for forgiveness from that person and learn from that and move on. Walk in obedience. Maybe you're, you're here today and a Christian and you see that your love for others has been growing a little cold. As we st take steps to love as the Lord loves, through sacrifice and, and, and our obedience, the Spirit of God works in us to strengthen us and help uh, our hearts to be soft. and He draws us into a closer union with the Lord. My suggestion for you is to make some sacrifice. Some, some sacrifice. Break the temptation of Satan to worship money instead of God by being generous with your funds and, and to help those in need. In some way, sacrifice. Make some sacrifice in your conduct. Let your actions speak your love to those whom the Lord leads across your path, even those who are not maybe so lovely that you're able to love them through your conduct, sacrificing in that way. Let your love be sacrificial. Maybe you're here today and those who are joining us online never received Jesus as your Savior. This is all kind of new. Hey, you've heard of Jesus before. You've come to Christmas times before, churches. Maybe though you just, not have, you just haven't entered into that relationship. My suggestion to you would be to not focus on giving. Don't focus on that part. Instead, you need to receive something. <laughs> you need to receive the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. See, when you receive Him as your Savior, He will enable you to walk in love and grow in love, sacrifice in love, in His glory. And the most unbelievable thing about our sacrifices is that the Lord works in our life through it to bring blessing to us. It may not always be financial or in the way we may think, but it will always provide joy that overflows. And that's ultimately what we all desire. You can find that in Jesus. Receive the gift of salvation by receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior. You're only a prayer away. The Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. 
So pray and receive the greatest Christmas gift of all time so that you will be able to give and love in a way that truly loves all. It's something that is given to us freely. The gift of salvation. If you've not received that gift and prayed a prayer of salvation in that way, when we go to prayer right now, when I pray, just the simplest prayer, <laughs> I agree, I am a sinner. As you, as you have said, I need a Savior. Please save me. Jesus, please save me. I will walk in obedience with you. Help me with that. Simple as that. It's not complicated. We like to complicate things way too much sometimes. It's a simple prayer. So as I pray, if you want to pray that prayer in some way, maybe, maybe even as simple as Jesus saved me, He hears your prayer. He will answer. Yeah, the worship team come up, and as they do, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we ask right now that you would, in a way, Lord, help our attention to be just only on you right now. And Lord, as I pray, I, I ask that those who might be praying for salvation will know and be assured that you hear and you answer prayer. You will save them. You will remove that sin from their life and come into their lives because you paid that price on the cross for our sins. You are that sacrifice. And you are living today, preparing a place for us in heaven. Lord, I pray for anyone who might be praying that prayer of salvation, as simple as it might be, that you'd bring assurance into the hearts of those who are praying that prayer. And that they would receive the greatest gift ever given. The gift of salvation. Lord, I also pray that you'd be with those who are following you. Have that relationship with you. Lord, I pray that the love that we show will be a sacrificial love. Sacrificial love that reminds us of how you loved. And Lord, if there's someone on our hearts right now that we know we need to be loving, but they're somewhat unlovable, give us the courage, Lord. Give us the ability to step out and love that person through our conduct in our actions, in our words, so that they can see the love of Christ in us given to them. Who knows? Maybe that might be the beginning of a change in their life. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us in these ways as we draw close to you, have this time of prayer with you. And as this song is shared by the worship team, we can join in or we can just listen and be guided by your Holy Spirit. And I pray, Jesus, that you would speak to our hearts right now about how you want us to have that sacrificial love in us to give to others. 
Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.